You are listening to Moisture Festival Podcast. Hey folks, welcome to the Moisture Festival Podcast. My name is Matt Baker and I perform a comedy and stunt show all around the world and sometimes at the Moisture Festival. And my name's Louis Fox. I'm a comedy magician. I perform around the United States and also, guess what? At the Moisture Festival. <laughs> sometimes we do shows together at the Moisture Festival. <laughs> sometimes we co-host a podcast <laughs> called the Moisture Festival Podcast. And if you don't know what the Moisture Festival is, it is, of course, a four-week festival celebrating variety arts in the Fremont neighborhood of Seattle. It's the largest festival of its kind in the world and features some of the best entertainers and comedians working today. Typically, the festival happens in the months of March and April, and not only do they have world-class variety acts, the Moisture Festival also hosts a week of burlesque shows. And if you're listening to this during the festival, be sure to buy tickets as soon as possible, because 95% of the shows sell out, and you can get tickets by visiting the website moisturefestival.org. On this Moisture Festival podcast, we interview Hillary Chaplin, the famous clown and Moisture Festival favorite. Yeah, we learn about being born in a car. We learn about how Hillary develops new stuff and a new act she debuted later that night at the Moisture Festival. Yeah, really cool insight into clowning, the various types of clowns where she performs it at, and she even teaches me how to pronounce Law and Order. <laughs> it's a great interview, and uh, if you love the Moisture Festival, you're going to love this interview with Hillary. Let's get to it. All right, we're really excited about having our next guest. Uh, she is a performer, teacher, queen, and one of America's foremost professional physical comedians. She has performed her show all over the world in over 20 countries and five continents. She's won the Grand Prize Award at the Arlequin Solo Puppet Festival and won three awards, including the Grand Prize at the 2006 Aquilari Festival in Havana, Cuba. She's appeared in Law and Order. She's <laughs> you, hit all, on. you hit all the hard ones. You hit the order. Law and Order. Law and Order. She has appeared in Law and Order, Criminal Tent, Forrest Gump, and Sesame Street. We welcome a Moisture Festival legend, Hillary Chaplin. <laughs> and I, what's, what sucks is I think the, the, the coolest thing that we just learned about you was before we even started recording is that you were born in your car, in your parents' car. Yeah. On my birthday. On your on birthday. On <laughs> birthday. And, and, well, first it was my birthday. Really. <laughs> you, I've got a few years on You here. predicted my birthday 22 <laughs> years in advance. How crazy is that? <laughs> yeah, but it was Father's Day and it was my parents' oh. And it was my parents' fifth wedding anniversary. Yeah, they were like, we just want to get all the things out of the way yeah. on one day. Yeah, that's <laughs> We don't right. want to have to remember dates. <laughs> but of course, my birthday always took a little less importance. Oh, really? <laughs> no, it, actually, it didn't. Oh, I always you, got the full birthday. Do you have other siblings that had normal births? or? Yes. 
Okay, they, they were all born in hospital, so you're, you were yeah. the only car baby. Only car baby, yeah. What kind of one, car was it? One, um, you know, I think it was some kind of a Volkswagen, because I, I know I've asked my parents, but my memory's gone. I don't remember. And I just watched a video of my mother and father telling me the story of their birth ah. on, on my computer the other day, and I asked what kind of a car it was, and she never said. So I oh. think she forgot to. Ah. But she did remember that they'd been to the beach before and all they had was a dirty beach towel. <laughs> beach towel so. And it was actually, it was right in front of the Museum of Science in Boston. Ah. Yeah. You don't think I, they would have just gone in and said, hey, is there somebody that maybe a, is a veterinarian here or a doctor? <laughs> do you have a clean beach towel? <laughs> yeah, do you have some... <laughs> Police escort. It was it was quite a scene. So did I get did I get all that right? Those well, I wasn't on Sesame Street. Oh, okay. No, I worked with Bob McGrath from Sesame Street. Gotcha. We used to appear at Wolf Trap in Vienna, Virginia, with the New York Goofs, which is the company that I've worked with a lot over the last twenty years. What is the New York Goofs? That was one of the number one bullet okay. points on my list. <laughs> well, the New York Goofs was started by Dick Monday and Tiffany Riley. They no longer live in New York. They live in Dallas. But they're moving back. And they have also appeared here at the Moisture Festival. They are a couple of clowns. He ran Clown College for a number of years. He was the dean. And they run hospital clown programs. And they are clowns. They do circuses. They do all kinds of events. And um, they created this company in New York called the New York Goofs. And there were times where there were 13 of us doing performing together, I think. The most we ever had was maybe 17 in a show. Wow. And we would do, we would do variety shows. We, would work, we worked with Mo, uh, Bob McGrath at Sus and, and Big Bird uh, down at Wolf Trap. We did some plays. Dick wrote a play. And it's kind of an ongoing thing. And now that they're moving back to New York, we will do some more together again. Uh, is there a certain criteria you have to fulfill to join goof? the New York Goofs? Yeah. Uh, to be a goof. Well, you need to you you need to have to want world peace and save the whales. Okay. And now you got to be funny. Ah, you know, I got two of those three. <laughs> two of those three. It's I a got. Clown group. And the great thing about the New York Goofs is that we've always had a real eclectic group of clowns. So some are real ringling, and some are very avant-garde. Um, Larry Pizzoni who many people here in Seattle know. Larry used to come out and perform with us in the summers and teach with them. They also teach a lot of workshops. Is there other cities that have chapters of New York, like the Boston Goofs that you guys like have street battle or something? It's the New York York Goofs, whether it's out of Dallas or New York. Gotcha. uh, You don't have to be from New York to be a goof. Oh, that's nice. That's, yeah. yeah. New York Goofs, asterisk. But we've we've done shows also at Carnegie Hall. Yeah, we've done Lincoln Center. Yeah, little spots here and there. So real quick, if someone hasn't seen your show, how do you describe what you do? Well, the kind of thing I'm doing here at the Moisture Festival is physical physical comedy. It's clown. I my characters are usually high status characters who run into problems okay. and have to solve them and try to maintain my dignity. Uh, of course, there, there are some pieces. I've done a piece here that was um, kind of a blue-collar worker. I, I used a, a half mask, and I'm a guy who is just going to eat his lunch. 
and I find a spot to sit down and eat. And as I pull everything out of my lunch bag, everything's been eaten by something, somebody. <laughs> okay. And I get no food. Ah. It's really simple, really sweet, funny, pathos. There's pathos. Uh, I like to think that there's often pathos in my work. It's, it's funny, but you really feel for these for these characters, and you're really glad that you are not them, <laughs> because shit happens. Yeah. Well, I, I've heard about you for years, and through the Moisture Festival and Mutual Friends, and I got to see you for the first time last night. And it, Same uh, here. It was fabulous. It was, uh, you were well worth the uh, wait. That oh, well you. worth uh, the hype was justified. Oh, that's really yeah, nice. Yeah, it, it was fantastic. Nice. One of the things I really liked, you mentioned, it was it's sim- the simplicity of what you did last night. It was mm-hmm. you, that was really it, and a roll of duct tape. Yeah, I was, I was um, just coming out to do a serious monologue, Shakespearean monologue, and the problems started, and I just had to deal with them. Yeah. And I actually had a lot of fun last night, too, because... We, I haven't been performing very much, and last night was just so connected to this amazing audience that was so hungry for it. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like we had something going there. Yeah. And a lot of things were a little different about that number. So it was really exciting for me because I've been doing that number for 25 years. Mm. It, it felt amazing. Yeah. It was, it was fantastic. I Thanks. loved it. Now, the number I'm doing tonight... <laughs> Zero times. Yeah. No, no, I've done it twice. Oh, okay. So this is lucky but three. There's a, a, a new part on the end that I have never done in front of an audience. And um, I'm so excited. I think you can see it in me right now. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait. Now, do you, stage. where do you develop your material? Where do you, how do you, do you develop it separate of it off stage or? Yeah. I try to. Okay. Well, I write on stage. <laughs> yeah, a lot. we both oh, are. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. you're improvisers. Uh, uh, we just no. we just talk a lot. And yeah. Just uh-huh. Mostly or just you're, talk. Or you're just lazy and you don't work on it when you're not on stage. That's... Yeah. Yeah. I have a really hard time <laughs> going into the studio. <laughs> no, I just I have a really hard time going to the studio. I know people who go into the studio alone and they work on their material. And now I'm telling the whole world. That I'm really bad about that. Mm-hmm. Really bad. At, I don't. I. Uh, it's hard for me when I do it. I walk out going, okay. You see, you can do it. Yeah. There is work I can do alone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, performance. It's theater is a collaborative sport, and I like doing it with other people around. I like. I like getting the feedback, especially if I'm working on comedy. I was like, is this funny? Yeah. There are times when I think about something. I go and I make myself laugh, and I go. Yep, that's going to make them laugh. I just know. But I often develop my material in workshops. I'm kind of a workshop junkie. I love a good teacher. Mm-hmm. I love playing with other people. I love the opportunity to be bad. And it's okay. Yeah. You know, I'm old enough now. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. I will walk into a workshop and allow myself to be bad as long as most of the time I'm good. Mm. Um, but it's okay to be bad. I know next time, you know, I'll try it differently and it'll be funny. And it hurts. It's hard when I'm bad. But it's also really important to have those failures. So it's fun in a workshop. And then um, a lot of my pieces have come out of assignments in class. The one, well, no, the one I'm doing tonight wasn't an assignment. It came out of a costume. 
Ooh. It came out of a costume and an idea because last night I did my classically trained actress. Mm -hmm. I also do a classically trained musician that I've done here a lot, and I do a classically trained singer. And I've had three different versions of the singer now. The first one was where I was trying to sing in French, mm -hmm. and my accent was bad, so the MC comes and he puts a marshmallow in my mouth, like a singing teacher, right? And then the more marshmallows I get in my mouth, the better my French, <laughs> and it looks ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the, the other singer was a nine-month pregnant opera singer, ah. and I was lip-syncing to the Queen of the Night, and I start going to labor, and my water breaks on stage. <laughs> I finish the song off stage. You see my feet go up, and a baby fly out. Nice. <laughs> yeah, wow. a lot of fun. But there, there's a lot, you know, the sight lines, the, yeah. the, the tech around it. And I also wasn't... Getting the right baby trajectory. Tra yeah. It is hard from, from the position <laughs> I was in. And you got to keep getting uh -huh. those new babies. Yes. <laughs> the previous one ages right, out. Once one lands, <laughs> yes. you, know, you got to move on to the next baby. Um, no, the problem, other thing is lip syncing didn't really make me happy. Yeah. I mean, it was fun because that song, <laughs> you could play a lot with the mouth and the face. Um, and I watched. Uh, a video of it recently of one performance and it actually made me laugh which is great yeah. but um, lip syncing just didn't give me the opportunity to play as much it just didn't, you're married to the track I never, yeah married to the track and I, yeah so I I kept searching for something and last summer I was at a workshop with Shannon Calcutt who is a clown teacher and a clown from Canada who's was in Zumanity mm -hmm. in in um, Vegas for at least 10 years, 10, 12 years. And they closed it down, mm. COVID. And she started teaching online and I took a workshop and then she went to the Celebration Barn in South Paris, Maine and taught a workshop live and I went and I said, well, I've got this costume, I wanna do a singer, let's kick around some ideas. And we decided, I decided to try doing a lounge singer. Ah. And so tonight, tonight's character is a classically trained lounge nice. singer. Nice. And you'll just have to wait and see what happens. Oh, I'm excited. I don't know if I should talk about it here. Well, this won't air for a little bit. <laughs> what? Oh, then it's not going to Oh, I'm going to tell you all what it is. <laughs> and maybe some of you listening will see it. We're going to listen to the performers' tonight? podcast interviews on the way to the show. Right. Tonight's audience will not hear this. So, um, and by the time people hear this, it this is going to be a famous piece. And, yeah. and everybody you say, will have yeah. seen it. Okay, we got a deal. This character is dressed in a very kind of shiny white and and sparkly around the neck dress and and heels. And I've got a long red wig and white sunglasses. And um, I'm going to sing Fever oh. with Peggy Lee. So I'm singing to the soundtrack, and I don't know the words. Mm. <laughs> and I'm trying to keep up with it. But I don't know the words, but I think that's fine. Yeah. I mean, I don't have a real problem with it. Mm -hmm. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But I do have a scroll that has the words on it, and I give it to somebody in the audience, and then they have to try and keep up with me <laughs> and help me and keep in the right place because, actually, I don't know the words. And I never want to learn the words because it's so bad and it's so yeah. stupid. Um, and if I know the words too well, it's going to be hard to pretend I don't. Mm. Then the actor has to step in, you know. But um, 
I've done it twice, this part of it, and the audience member just tries really hard to keep up with me and help me, <laughs> and, and I managed to get all the way through to the end, and then there's a huge applause, and of course the audience wants an encore. Mm. So Mark Ettinger, who's the band leader of Naked Truth, and I decided that I would do These Boots Are Made For Walking. Ah. I asked the audience, what do you want to hear? Boots are made for walking. Great yeah, idea. Perfect. I think we can do that. And somebody throws a pair of white Goo Goo boots, boots nice. on stage to me. And I have to change and get into them. And uh, then I sing the first part of these boots. And we'll see if I can get the audience to sing with yeah. me. And, you know, we'll do you have find a scroll out. for that? No. I'm trying to learn the words just yeah. the first time. You just got to hand them your iPad. So I think, bad you, I think you could words. just nail the, the chorus and then the sort chorus of I got. mutter. But, yeah, but it starts with the verse. Yeah, there you go. So oh, gotcha. I, I, maybe I get the audience. It, Come on, sing along. Yeah, sing if you along. could get that first part that you know it and then just mumble through the, the well, rest of it. Well, I mumble through a lot of fever. So oh. Maybe, yeah. And then the audience, then then the uh, MC shuts me down. He's like, no, Hillary, no, no, no. And he brings the lights down, but we get in one more chorus. Nice, good. So. That's great. So are, when you step on stage with something new, are you nervous or are you nervous oh, every time you step yeah. on stage? No. I'm not, I used to be nervous every time. I'm not anymore. But if a piece is still new, I get, I, I'm pretty, yeah, I, get, I, I have a feeling I'm going to be really nervous tonight. Yeah. Because it's such a simple idea and it's so stupid that <laughs> there might be people who don't think it's very funny. Yeah. But I mean, I'm glad you guys are laughing just at the idea. Oh. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel good. But and we're we're times, lowest common denominator. So. We don't we don't really laugh at anything. So great, great. Um, <laughs> the first two times I did it, I thought, oh my god, this is just so it's so nothing. That's what, great though. It's so, people loved it. Yeah. And my friend today, Jane, who was working with me, she said, you know, it's 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 about who you are. Yeah. And that's what clown is. It's about me in the situation, and in this piece, I really just get to play and improvise and let my human mm-hmm. stupidity out in a way I've never gotten to before mm-hmm. with this piece. So it's, I'm, I'm excited about it. Now, how did you get into doing what you do? Oh, well, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an actor. Okay. And I was pretty serious about it. And I wanted to be a serious actress. And so when I started doing clown, it was because I had a partner who was doing clown. We met in mime school with Tony, Tony Montanero and so we started working together, but he would always say, yeah, but you don't, you don't, you're, not, you're only doing this because I am. I said, mm. well, yeah, because I want to work with you. I didn't know anything about clown. And I kept getting work as a clown in different things, but I really didn't care about it. I really wanted to be an actor. So I moved to New York to be an actor. Mm. And the day after I moved to New York, I started working for the hospital program, the, the Big Apple Circus Hospital Clown Care Unit. But that was only going to be for about six months. I was covering for somebody, and I was going to be an actor. Mm-hmm. And I kept working for them and kept working for them, and I kept getting work as a clown, but I really didn't want to be a clown. And I was working on a solo show that was about an act, about, um, I wanted to do like, you know, Whoopi Goldberg, Tracy Ullman characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the, the writing teacher was saying, well, you know, write about things you know. So I wrote about being a hospital clown. I wrote about being a birthday party clown and a bar mitzvah <laughs> performer. And um, you did all those. I did all that. 
Yeah, stilt walker, face painter, fire eater, Renaissance fairs. I made a living. Mm -hmm. I wasn't a, you know, for, for, I moved to New York 34 years ago. I did 15 cater waiter gigs and I've made my living as a performer and a teacher ever since. Uh, that that's good money if you're if yeah. you're good it's good money. So how'd you pick so, up fire eating? <laughs> Sorry to go. Oh, I learned here. in college. Okay. I went to Hampshire College. <laughs> Somebody taught me. Um, so I uh, I wrote a show about being an actor who moves to New York, who becomes a clown and doesn't want to be a clown. She wants to be an actor, and she finally learns what it is that understands that clown. See, I used to have this idea that clown was this other thing that I wasn't. Mm. It was Avner, it was Bill Irwin, it was circus clowns, it was all these things that I, I really appreciated a lot of it, but it wasn't me. And then I started doing the piece I did last night, this Shakespeare monologue that I used to do as a serious monologue, and I thought, you know, if I'm going <laughs> to show those people in New York what I can really do, I'm going to mix it with the physical comedy. Mm. So I'm doing a serious monologue well and throwing in physical comedy. That makes me different than every other actor. Well, I finally realized that Hillary as a clown is that serious Shakespearean actor mm -hmm. where everything goes wrong. So I said, okay, I'm a clown. Yeah. And people said, I was doing this show about accepting myself as a clown and people said, well, why don't you just do a clown show, Hillary? I mean, this is great, but why don't you do a clown show? And I kept saying, I don't want to, because I'm not a clown, yeah. I'm an actor. And I finally said, okay, hell with it. And I wrote a clown show that I've toured all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> I worked on it with Avner uh, in 2005. And that's called A Life in Her Day? A Life in Her Day. And that's been all, that's been all over, right? All over, yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, our, we have a mutual friend, and Louie and I, good friend who's been on the podcast, Steve, pretty good, Steve Hamilton. Yeah, we were in a workshop. Uh, he tells a story about <laughs> you at the... Abner's workshop and that they showed your piece that you were working on and Steve was like that was amazing like you don't she doesn't need to do anything to this and then Abner some didn't like it and then you didn't like apparently what Abner was saying to you and he said they were just shouting at each other <laughs> we did not shout. <laughs> well that's how we tell it. I'm just I'm retelling I'll have to ask him yeah did we shout and then he and then he said you know a few days later you came out and presented you know what you had been working on and he said that ma that is so much better, even though the first one was amazing. That is that makes a lot more sense. So, yeah. um, so he helped you with this this particular show. Yeah, he you know I worked with him on on the two classically trained pieces a bit and worked with him on a life in her day. I had come in with a version of it and we just, he had me kind of tear it all apart. I didn't want it to be linear. I had all these ideas. It was very complicated. And he said, "Why don't you just try it linear?" Just put it in order and make it a little more simple. And he was right. And it, again, it's quite simple. It's yeah. about this character. And so finally I realized I'm a clown. <laughs> and I stopped saying I'm not a clown. I'm an actor. I'm an actor. <laughs> but, you have, you, you know, are an you actor, have though. To be, I am an you, actor. You were in yeah. Forrest Gump. That's right. Criminal Craw. I played a lawyer, Lorer, in Laurel. So you, you played a clown? <laughs> yeah. Were you, were you representing a clown in the. Uh, 
No. You're representing an eye doctor, <laughs> an, or a, yeah, uh, uh, or an eye doctor's a, uh, uh, secretary. It was just a little role. I hoped to play a lawyer many more times, and I didn't. Uh, Forrest Gump. I played this radical militant hippie who was in D.C. at the big anti-war rally. Uh, we uh, were at the bar across the street having pizza for lunch, and they had a Forrest Gump VHS we were going to bring in. Yeah, we were going to have you sign it. <laughs> and then put it back at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, uh, someone totally just defaced this. <laughs> I was going to sell funny. this on eBay. That's funny. I think I made a couple bucks the last, last residual check. Nice. I still make a little. That's a good one to be in, I think, if, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. There was a day when I was on Broadway in the evening in The Tempest with Patrick Stewart, directed by George C. White. Wow. It was a public theater production that had been in the park in the summer, and then it went to Broadway. That night I was in that, that day I was an elf at an HBO <laughs> Christmas party for their employees, <laughs> and what was playing in the break room? On a loop, Forrest Gump. <laughs> One day of Not my again. life in history. There, were, there it was. Now, your last name is, am I saying it right, Chaplin? Or is it Chaplin? You are saying it right. So being a, a clown and having the last name Chaplin, mm -hmm. do you have a lot of people ask you if you are related? Is that I a common do. thing that people... It is. Probably more so in Europe. But yeah, people always ask me and they're always hoping it's a yes. <laughs> and it's only in... Only by profession. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just happenstance, right? That's not just a stage name. Yeah. No. I mean, my name is, was Kaplan, and my father and grandfather and great uncle, I think, they all changed it to Chaplin. They wanted to Americanize it. You know, it yeah. was after World War I, mm. World War II. And um, yeah, they changed it. Or maybe it was before World War II. I don't know. But it, it was Kaplan, which is the line of the priest in Judaism, and Chaplin is actually also, you know, a clergy, mm -hmm. priest in a priest, clergy, whatever kind of clergy. So that's kind of a thing. Now, Kaplan in German means priest. Can you explain um, to our listeners, like, what medical clowning is? And, uh, you know, do, yeah. do you still do it? No, but I, I, I have helped start other companies. I helped start a group in India that's doing oh, wow. really well. Yeah. That's amazing. It was amazing. Um, hospital clowning, med some people call it medical clowning, some people call it therapeutic clowning, others hospital clown. When, when I started with the Big Apple Circus, it was in 1987, and it was a very new thing where they had clowns. It wasn't a new thing for clowns to go into hospitals. That's been going on for decades, centuries. But um, this was a weekly program. So 50 weeks a year, clowns go into the hospital. They entertain hospitalized children at the time. It was just children. Mm -hmm. And their parents, the staff, people in the elevator, whoever we come across, bring some lightness and joy and fun into a very difficult situation. Mm -hmm. It is very therapeutic. But we're not therapists. There are hospital clowns who are trained more as therapists, oh, interesting, and who who do a lot of a lot of um, study in different in in different areas of medicine and ther therapy. Uh, in New York, for the most for the most part, we we hired 
professional entertainers, whether they be puppeteers, musicians, magicians, cool. and brought them into the clown world, or people who are already trained as clowns. Mm -hmm. And um, it's grown worldwide, as most people might have heard. Uh, and people are branching out into working with elderly, people with dementia, Alzheimer's, working with um, people with autism, in Israel, they've got one hospital where they're working very closely with a doctor who works with sexually abused children. And they find that when the hospital, when the clown goes in first, creates a relationship with the child, find bring some fun into the room and get the trust of the child and that the doctor, it makes it much easier for the doctor to uh, then approach the mm. child. And so this kind of research is being done all over the world to an amazing extent. In fact, in April, I'm going to The Hague for an international conference in medical clowning. Wow, wow. That's yeah, amazing. It is. And tomorrow starts NAFCO's uh, conference, which is going to be online, the North American Federation of Hospital Clown Organizations. I had no idea. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. There, I think there are that includes well, it's, Canada it's, and the U.S. It's a federation of all the hospital clown organizations. Organizations, so, and I don't know how many there are that are members. It's somewhere between twelve and fifteen. Wow! And so when you get a call from, you said India, they, they call you and say, "Hey, like, how do we get involved in this?" We well, that one, oh, the woman, who, there was a children's theater there. There adults. And ch children perform for kids, and she had heard of this program through a woman who ran a program in Boston, a, a, a um, what's it called, a, um, a volunteer program, Hearts and Noses. And she approached Cheryl, said, could you come and teach us how to do this? She said, well, I'm not really qualified, but Dick and Tiffany of the New York Goofs, they would be great. And they weren't available, and so they recommended me. Nice. And so... They just hired me to come, and I spent two weeks, eight hours a day, six days a week. We worked our clown butts off, yeah. and they were terrific. I mean, yeah. they were already great performers, great, oh, that's great so cool. singers. They were dancers. They were improvisers. They were great with kids, and it, it was amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, can you tell us what the last rat of... Theresienstadt. Yes. Theresienstadt. Yeah, don't try to say that one. I can't say law and order correctly. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Please don't butcher it. So Theresienstadt is a, is a concentration camp or a ghetto town in Czechoslovakia during World War II. It was used as a ghetto for the Jews. And it was a very special kind of place. It was used as a, as a showcase camp. Try, trying to show the world that the Jews were actually being taken care of and given a safe place to live, and they they brought a lot of a lot of literary figures, uh, military uh, uh, military heroes, uh, performers, writers, directors, as well as everyday people, and a lot of elderly. And they started bringing people to Theresienstadt. What people didn't know was that a lot of people. It was used as a stopping station where people were then sent to Auschwitz. Uh. So we did a lot of research. We created a show about a woman who was a cabaret singer, comedian in Berlin during the Weimar years, during the 1920s in Berlin. And she goes to Theresienstadt. She works as a cook, and she performs in the cabaret. As soon as people started populating this, this town, they started 
giving lectures, doing performances, playing music. They've managed to sneak in instruments. So she performs with the cabaret. And after some time, she loses her will to live. And she's in the kitchen one day cooking, and a rat comes in. It's a little puppet. He's about 12 inches high. He's really scruffy, horrible-looking little creature <laughs> who is hysterical. And he comes in looking for food, and he discovers that she is Sophia Brun. And why hasn't she been singing? And he's like, how do you how do you know my name? It's like, well, you're only the most famous Weimar girl there is. Oh, please. I mean, there's Marlena Dietrich and a lot of... Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm talking to a rat named Pavel. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going, I'm going crazy. Well, this rat helps her find her will to live again. And in my mind, she, he's a figure of her ima- imagination. And in fact, there were no rats in Treisenstadt oh. because there was no food. Mm. And I learned this from a survivor whose oh, wow. husband set up all the kitchens in Treisenstadt. And this, you know, it germinated, this, this whole idea germinated from a... A visit, I went to Theresienstadt, saw it, saw the children's art, saw, you know, started to understand wow. what was going on in this camp. That's what you were doing when you were producing, or coming up with the idea for the show? This was in 2007. I just happened to be in Prague doing a life in her day, and I went to the camp. Came home, told a friend, we decided, we started working on a show. We worked on it for a couple of years with Bob Berkey, who's another clown, writer, director, and we dropped it. And then some years later, I found a rat puppet in Israel, mm-hmm. and we had rats in our show. The rats were these comedians who told really bad jokes, <laughs> like really off color. Um, and uh, so I bought the puppet. I didn't know what I'd do with it. And two years later, I saw this guy talk about the music man of Theresienstadt, uh, Victor Ullman, who wrote all this music and conducted there. But he was a cook, and he ran the camp camp kitchen. So I thought, maybe my character is a cook. And then I talked to his wife, and she said there were no rats. And she, I thought, maybe it's the last rat of Theresienstadt. There you go. That was 2014, nice. and in 2017... I started working on the show, brought some people together in New York, started brainstorming, and now we've performed in Bulgaria, Poland, Israel, New York, Springfield, Mass. at Springfield College. Quite, quite and, the spread. And <laughs> quite the Mass. charcuterie board of places. <laughs> at the Co Festival, it it it. And Ames, Iowa. You're right. And South Paris, Maine. Yeah, there you go. And we did a we did a residencies. In so uh, so I would imagine it doesn't have a lot of talking in it. Then. Yes, it has a lot of oh. talking. And in English. Yes, and we've used super titles. Uh-huh. And it's gone really well. It's really hard, but we've, we, we've done it. There, there are songs in it that were orig- originally, bleh, originally written in the camps, and the music was... Wow. The music, we didn't find the music, but the music was, was composed by a Russian composer who lives in New York. He composed it in the 90s, and I found it. I said, oh, I found these songs, and I said, I'd love to use some of these. And I told him the idea. He met the rat. He said, yes. <laughs> he said, <"What's, laughs> he's key. like, you, I don't that know. Rat, yeah. That rat, the rat, yeah. the rat talked yeah, him into yeah. it. Yeah. Recast the woman. but so, It's um, the master negotiator. <laughs> and we've used artwork that was done in the camp. A lot of artwork was found that was hidden, and it was depicting the real conditions of the camp, which were horrible. Mm. And so we've got these 
these paintings and drawings that my puppeteers cut up and they, they, they put it on three levels of plexiglass with a camera shooting down and it's projected on the wall on a screen and it looks 3D. Oh, wow. And, and we've used clips of music that was performed in the camp as well. So it's puppetry, it's shadow work, it's projection. Wow. But then it's true to life, it sounds like. And it, it's 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 you know it's a fictional story based on fact, yeah. and it's you know it's a it's at the end she goes off to Auschwitz because she does find her will to live and she sings a song in protest for the Red Cross film that is filmed where it's it's still you can still see twenty three minutes of this on YouTube. It's called the Fuhrer gives. A city to the Jews, and uh, they fooled the Red Cross into thinking that this camp was a, a good place for Jews to live. And then they they made them do a film. And Kurt Geron, who played in um, Three Penny Opera, and also was in a, a famous movie, and now I'm forgetting uh, with Marlene Dietrich, Blue Angel. Mm. Uh, he was the director, and he was ostracized after that because he got so in. He he wanted to refuse to do it, but couldn't. Mm. And then he became a real director, and he was making people look happy. And mm. you know, they it, it, it's it's kind of a remarkable film that got made. That's, That's wild, horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. So we 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 reference that as well, and we're still we're still in progress. We're still going to keep writing. Yeah, with shows like that and or your uh, your solo show, like your one-woman show, how do you go about getting these seen or booked in places like uh. where you were saying? Like, how, what is A lot that? of trolling, you know, trolling the internet, yeah. looking for festivals that other people have done that look right for me, sending in applications. Like fringe festivals? I've done some fringe festivals. festivals. I started with A Life in Her Day. I started doing anything that looked good that would help my show or fun. Yeah. So sometimes I would pay to play and I figured, yeah. you know, I'm going to start by paying to play. Well, work and it out. Hopefully you know? it'll even out yeah. and hopefully by the end. So now I get my airfare, I get housing, I get yeah. food, I get paid. Um, and you just did the work up front. <laughs> and, and, pardon? You did the work up front. Uh, yeah. You know, on your own dime to learn yeah. it. And... Yep. I figured if it doesn't work out, I'll do something else. And and it's worked. So I've gone to places over and over. Yeah. I've uh, you know I've gotten I've been you know is, is there something else that you have for us in Poland? It was like yeah I've got I've got the next show for you. Um, a life in her day has played at a lot of clown festivals, and the last rat of Theresienstadt is not really a right for clown festivals. <laughs> what? But, but I've, right? Hmm. It's hilarious. That's, uh, and there, there are some hilarious Yeah, parts. of course. That little rat is funny. Yeah. The, the, the woman, Ariel Lauren, who improvised him is, and, and Jason Hicks, very funny. But I've also performed A Life in Her Day at a lot of puppet festivals. Oh. So that's where I've been able to wrangle that. But yeah, it's um, now is the time for me to take the video from Springfield College where we just did it and really do a good video because the last video isn't so good. Mm -hmm. and I've got to do the sizzle reel. Yeah, I've got to yeah. get the whole online yeah. packet, you know, bump it up the next notch and raise money. I mean, you're doing something good. You're here at the Moisture Festival. Well, and the, Yeah, this will bring in my, <laughs> yes, my last is, rat money. Is, yeah, here's the, the, the market bookings. you're missing for it, the rat fancier clubs. Oh, man. 
The Rat Fancier Club. Are they, do they exist? Oh, yeah. They do. Oh, yes, my wife is way involved in them. Oh, well, we have to talk. But, um, you know, for the first time in my life, I feel like I have certain people who are saying, you know what? I will help you. Good. I'm mm. ready to yeah. help you. I have a guy at Keene State College where they have a, a Holocaust education undergraduate degree. And he's connected with a lot of Holocaust centers. I think this piece is great for educating people about yeah, the Holocaust. Absolutely. We can do teacher guides, bring it to you know, middle school, high school, colleges. Franchise. I'm not going to, exactly. I'm not going to get up in the morning and go into a school. <laughs> Actually, it's, it has to be done in a theater. But yeah. we bring school kids in. And yeah, I don't have to play the role. Yeah. I want to produce this and, and I want Absolutely. it to educate people. Because today, our Holocaust education, not only in this country, around the world, is terrible. And yeah. we see what's happening over again. Human beings don't learn unless they're taught. Yeah. And uh, it just keeps getting repeated. And like we say, never again. But hmm. mm -hmm. anti-Semitism is on the rise in this yeah. country. And yeah. it's horrifying. You know, I don't think of myself as a minority, but I am. Yeah. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Because we don't feel it, but I feel like we're starting to. Mm -hmm. Well, on a lighter note. Yeah. Um, well, that was fun. <laughs> you you got to go yep, work yep, on your yep, show. Yep, yep. So we'll, before we wrap, we'll send you away, uh, just a quick, a few quick thoughts on what it's like to be back at the Moisture Festival um, after a two-year hiatus. And you know, for me, it's a three or four-year hiatus. I was supposed to come two years ago, and I actually had to cancel for personal reasons, and then it didn't happen. It's great to be back here. I mean, I love the people that run this festival. I love the audience. It's such a beautiful setting for it. Everything, we're, we're very well taken care of. Not very well paid, but very well <laughs> taken care of. But those podcast hosts are and, so gracious. Oh, those guys. I mean, that's just bumping this whole thing up and up and up. Oops, forgot to use it. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I even have a, a cup of Earl Grey tea nice. that I was able to have. The food, uh, the volunteers around here are amazing. They give us rides. Restaurants give us food um i can drink all through the show i don't have to wait till the end right it's good <laughs> right? it's good it's really they don't good. give us liquor though that's the uh they did one year they had a tequila sponsor oh, yeah. oh i missed that year man they were very stingy with the tequila <laughs> for rightful reasons they're like here's your communion cup of tequila <laughs> yeah yeah half a shot each <laughs> well Enjoy we, it. we know you have to go practice so hillarychaplin.com is your website uh, any other things that people should check out like uh, links or yeah URLs? i'm on facebook YouTube. But, and i'm on instagram oh yeah go to youtube yeah. But, well, my website will take you to my YouTube yeah. or my Vimeos, but I'm on YouTube and Vimeo. There's probably a little more there that you can and see. And there's a lot of information on, on your workshops if you people listening want to take a workshop. If I have a workshop offering, it will go on my website. Yeah. And uh, did you end up in uh, Jim Moore's VOD Visuals book? I did. Okay. So I haven't seen it yet. I'm going <laughs> to go to his house when I get home, and he's going to sign it to me Aww. in person. Um, I told him, no, don't send it to me. I mean, he lives in my neighborhood. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, I, I'm not even sure which picture I'm in. 
Uh, there might be two. I'm not sure because okay. somebody um, tagged me. I, I don't know. Okay. So I'm excited about that. He has taken some great pictures of me awesome. over the years. Yeah. Well, it, it was a treat to uh, watch you last night. It's a treat to talk to you today. Yeah. We're looking forward to seeing uh, the stress that happens before <laughs> before your performance. And we're looking tonight. forward to looking at watching the show backstage. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and on stage. Well, I hope you guys enjoy tonight as much as I do. We will. It'll be a blast. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank we you. Thank you. It. Yeah. folks well that's it for today just a quick few plugs of course go to moisturefestival.org for all things moisture festival you they also have a facebook page an instagram and a youtube that you can sign up for and you can get all the information if you want to volunteer if you want to donate or if you want to fill out the questionnaire to be considered as a performer as well you can do that all on their site if you want to find out more information about louie and i you can find louie at louiefox.com that's with two x's yes and you can find matt at comedy stunt show.com you can also check out the podcast that matt and i do called the odd and offbeat podcast at odd and or on itunes stitcher pocket cast all that jazz if you like weird and unusual news stories that's where you need to go because the odd and offbeat podcast is all things weird yes so check that out if you like this podcast you will love our podcasts so be sure to check that out so we want to thank our guests for today. That was a lot of fun. And and we want to thank all the donors and volunteers and performers that make the Moisture Fest happen as well. Without yeah. them, we wouldn't be here talking to them. Absolutely. So get your little slice of Moisture Festival at moisturefestival.org. And thanks so much for listening, folks. See you soon. Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival podcast. And stay moist.